Sooner Game Day Kickoff Show, brought to you by Windy Chevrolet. Get the hometown experience in Purcell with Windy Chevrolet. Live from Balfour of Norman and Yo Pablos on Campus Corner, here's your game day host, Parker Thune. Well, fresh off a thoroughly impressive opening act to year two of the Brent Venables air, the Sooners are back on their home serve today. And we're counting you down to kickoff from the shadow of Owen Field. For the first time in nearly four decades, Oklahoma will do battle with the Mustangs of SMU, who themselves are 1-0 on the young season after a workmanlike victory over Louisiana Tech last week. It's a 5 p.m. kick on tap from Norman America, and although we're still hours from the action, you're already winning because you've chosen to spend your game day here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Live from Yo Pablo here on Campus Corner, this is the Windy Chevrolet pregame show. I'm Parker Thune, and over the next five hours here on the Ref, you'll hear from a laundry list of outstanding personalities, from Oklahoma radio legend Mike Steely to your Sooner Radio Network broadcast crew, fronted by the voice of the Sooners himself, Toby Rowland. But for the next two hours, for better or worse, you're stuck with me, fortunately, there is a loaded slate of guests waiting in the wings. Later on here in this 11 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by former Oklahoma standout and NFL defensive tackle Martin Chase, as well as Sooners Wire managing editor John Williams and OU Insider staff writer Jesse Crittenden. Now come the 12 o'clock hour, we'll welcome legendary Sooner receiver Mark Clayton to the show and then chat with blue-chip safety prospect and Oklahoma commit Michael Patterson-McDonald from just up the road at Westmore High School. They'll give way to uncommitted four-star linebacker prospect Christian Thatcher, a Vegas native who's making his third campus visit to Oklahoma today. And to close out the show, we'll chat with four-star quarterback and legacy commit Michael Hawkins, the keystone of the Sooners' 2024 recruiting class. All that and more is on deck over the next several hours here on the Windy Chevrolet pregame show. As I mentioned off the top, I'm here at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner, and... For the first, let's see here, for the first seven listeners that stop by and check in, I have coupons for one free oil change from Windy Chevrolet. And folks, I assume most of you have a functional knowledge of cars, but for those that don't, let me just emphasize, oil changes are something that your car needs on a regular basis, and in general, they're going to take a pretty decent chunk out of your budget if you're doing it right. You can only put cheap oil in a car for so long you got to treat a car right if you want it to last every time i get my oil changed it'll run me north of a hundred bucks so if you're in that same boat a free oil change coupon that'll do you some good so again yo pablo on campus corner is the spot this morning windy chevrolet in purcell where you get the hometown experience is the title sponsor of the sooner game day show and we got a pretty dang exciting slate today not just here in Norman, Oklahoma, as it pertains to the matchup between the Sooners and the Mustangs. But this ought to be a pretty fun day across college football. We've been sitting here watching ESPN's pregame show, College Game Day, of course, as well as Fox Big Noon kickoff. There are TVs all over the place here at Yo Pablo. And let me tell you, I have opinions on Deion Sanders. You have opinions on Deion Sanders. Everybody has opinions on Deion Sanders. But objectively speaking, what is going on right now at Folsom Field in Colorado has a certain electricity to it, and it's fun to witness. The Buffaloes hosting Nebraska today, obviously after going on the road and knocking off TCU a week ago. The Huskers lost the first game of the Matt Rule era at the hands of Minnesota. That game 
is just about to kick off. Elsewhere on the slate, Baylor, after dropping their season opener to Texas State at home, they'll host Utah. That is another 11 a.m. kick, so we are anxiously awaiting the start of that one. 11 a.m. kicks never kick off right at 11, as we all know. So waiting on kickoff there between the Utes and the Bears. Michigan, the number two team in the country, hosts a revamped UNLV squad at home. Michigan favored by 38 in that football game. Ole Miss and Tulane in a battle of ranked opponents from the Deep South. Ole Miss favored by eight in that contest. It'll kick off at 2.30. Texas A&M faces Miami, two programs that in the NIL era of college football have very much embraced the new school method of building a program. They faced off last year, obviously, down in College Station. A&M won that game 17-9. Interesting factoid there. Jimbo Fisher is looking to improve to 9-0 lifetime against the Hurricanes. He has never lost to Miami. We'll see if that streak can stay alive later today when his Aggies head down to South Beach, Coral Gables more accurately, to face off against the Hurricanes. Appalachian State, North Carolina, that ought to be a good one. Texas, Alabama, I think this is the game that most Sooner fans are looking forward to with the obvious exception of their Sooners contest with SMU this evening. Texas and Alabama facing off at a, with a 6 p.m. kick time on ESPN. Nationally televised, Alabama the number three team in the country, Texas the number 11 team in the country. And I, I remember sitting here on Campus Corner one year ago and Sooner Nation – was already out in droves for kickoff between oh what would have what would it have been that day Oklahoma and Kent State if my memory serves me correctly Sooner Nation was visibly and audibly squirming over the Longhorns as they continually gave Alabama all they could handle before eventually succumbing to the Crimson Tide 20 to 19 on a field goal in the final minute that game took place in Austin this game tonight will take place in Tuscaloosa Alabama, a touchdown favorite. Texas Tech went up to Wyoming last weekend and got shocked in a double overtime thriller. The Cowboys start their season 1-0. The Red Raiders in year two of the Joey McGuire era, they start out 0-1. They will host the number 13 team in the nation, Oregon, today. And fresh off an upset loss, Oregon is not the type of team you want to be doing battle with. They just hung 81 points on Portland State last week in their opener. Pac-12 after dark. How about it? Number six, USC. Led, of course, by Muleshoe and Caleb Williams. They will host Stanford out at the Coliseum. USC favored by 29 points in that football game. So that is what we have on tap the rest of the day across the college football world. Obviously, the main focus here on the Sooner Game Day show, though, is going to be the game that's played here in Norman, Oklahoma this evening. 5 p.m. kick for the first time since 2017. Last, the Sooners kicked off at 5 p.m. It was their season opener in Baker Mayfield's Heisman campaign against Tulane. Sooners obviously won that game running away, but there is little history as it pertains to the 5 p.m. kick time. That is when the Sooners and the Mustangs will do battle, however... Preston Stone, one of the most highly regarded prospects in the history of the SMU football program, making his third start for SMU, obviously led the program to that 
38-17 victory over Louisiana Tech a week ago. This is a program that's got some talent and has done a good job mining the transfer portal. Jalen Knighton, the running back formerly of Miami. L.J. Johnson, the running back formerly of Texas A&M. And a name Sooner fans ought to be familiar with, Kamar Wheaton, former five-star running back in the class of 2022, originally enrolled at Alabama, but after a year, came back home, the DFW native, ended up transferring to SMU, where he is yet another big name. Now, the production hasn't exactly aligned with the measurability of the names thus far for Knighton, Johnson, or Wheaton, but undeniably plenty of talent in that SMU backfield. They've also got one of the most talented wide receivers in the group of five in rising sophomore Jordan Hudson, the TCU transfer and former five-star recruit in the class of 2022. So SMU, needless to say, going to present more of a challenge than Arkansas State did a week ago for the Sooners. Oklahoma won that game 73 to nothing. First shutout for the program since their 2020 season opener against Missouri State. That ought to set the scene as we get ready for football here. Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium is the venue. The SMU Mustangs are the opponent. 5 p.m. is the kick time, and we're going to break it down from every angle over the next several hours. Let's hit a quick opening break, and when we return, once again, Sooner legend Martin Chase talks about this year's 2023 team, improvements to be made over what the Sooners did in 2022, as well as the importance of having elite line play and Martin Chase knows elite line play as well as anybody. So we'll catch up with a former Oklahoma defensive tackle and longtime NFLer. On the other side, this is the Sooner Game Day Show presented by Wendy Chevrolet on the ref. Oh, yeah, it's a Sooner football Saturday. Live from Yo Pablo on Campus Corner, this is the Sooner Game Day Show presented by Wendy Chevrolet. I'm Parker Thune. I've still got some free oil change coupons, courtesy of Wendy Chevrolet, for any loyal ref listeners that want to stop by and claim their prize. For the moment, though, let's get right back to business and welcome to the program a friend of the program, former Sooner legend Martin Chase, obviously a star in the defensive trenches for Oklahoma in the late 90s, who later enjoyed an eight-year NFL career. Martin, man, thanks for joining the show. Always great to have you. Always, Parker. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, man. Just initial thoughts on this matchup here tonight. I want to get your take. I know you're uh, very deeply tied into the recruiting scene. I know that's something you pay a ton of attention to. I want to get your thoughts, obviously, on uh, Oklahoma, the defensive line, the move to the SEC here in a bit. But just up front, the opponent tonight, the SMU Mustangs. Let's talk about what's directly in front of our face here. What do you see in the Mustangs that the Sooners might have difficulties coping with, and what do you think Oklahoma needs to do in order to leave no doubt? Um, SMU is, is going to be a, definitely a talented football team that's going to prepare us for the future uh, for the Big 12. Um, they have talent on the outside. Um, I like Stone at quarterback. Uh, they have talented running back, uh, a decent old offensive line. But I'm seeing a different look with this group of Sooners. Uh, all the you know transfer portals and the young men who have grown up under Brent. Um, I feel if they do their job, if they can just do their job and play a clean football game, I think we can have a good performance of like last week. But 
I got to give a lot of credit to SMU. They are a talented football team. They can move the ball. So this is definitely going to be a good test for us. Well, you mentioned SMU's stone, Martin. Now let's talk about Oklahoma's stone because they got a stone of their own last month. The first five-star defensive tackle commitment in a good long while for the Sooners. David Stone, the kid from Dell City, Oklahoma, 20 miles up the road. Now a star at IMG Academy, the top prep football institution in the country down in Bradenton, Florida. David Stone commits to the Sooners over Miami and a host of other suitors. I know, Martin, that you're a guy that pays a whole lot of attention to what Oklahoma is doing on the recruiting trail. Obviously, for many reasons, this was a watershed win on the recruiting trail for the Sooners, especially as they prepare for the move to the SEC. You're going to need to beef up in the defensive trenches if you want to compete in the SEC immediately, as the Sooners obviously do. How big do you think that addition is for Oklahoma and getting a guy like Nigel Smith last night as well, top 100 defensive end in the country out of Melissa, Texas? You pretty pleased with the direction of this program and the direction of the defensive trenches? I'm very pleased. I I hope Sooner Nation uh, can get off of Coach Bates' bat and uh, let him do his (laughs) thing now. I think he's doing a a, a great job. Um, you, You look at Stone. And, David, um, he has a, a lot of Gerald McCoy in him. And with Jaden Jackson, Nigel Smith, um, and others that are coming along, I'm very excited about the defensive line group that's coming into the SEC. And we're still not done. We're still not done. No question about that. The Sooners are not done. Several key targets down the stretch in the 2024 cycle that they're going to make an effort to close on, not the least of which is four-star Iowa offensive tackle Grant Bricks. you got Tulsa Union cornerback Devin Jordan in the mix. Junction City, Kansas safety Michael Boganowski, among several others. And how about a kid that was just on campus last weekend and four-star edge rusher Danny Okoye from just up the road in green country, a Tulsa kid. So... Sooners looking to close the 2024 cycle with a flourish. Put together the number four class in Brent Venable's first full recruiting cycle as head coach. And what's impressed you, Martin, just in terms of the drastic shift in Oklahoma's ability to recruit with balance from the Lincoln-Riley era to the Brent Venables era? Um, to be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm very impressed with Brent, Brent Venable's vision of what he has for Oklahoma football. And and you can see it taking fruition. We're still not there, but if you just pay attention to what he's doing, and I, I think if you have that patience, the Sooner Nation can just have the patience of what he's doing just beyond the recruiting, he, I think he has something special and brewing in what we have going in uh, Oklahoma right now. Okay, Martin, obviously you played defense at a very, very high level, the highest of levels. Uh, you got a good eye for what makes a good defense and what doesn't. The Sooners last year had their struggles defensively en route to a 6-7 and seven campaign in year one under Venables. Some of the key issues that you saw a year ago and how the Sooners need to shore that up heading into the 2023 conference slate. Definitely from last year, uh, there was a comfortability that wasn't there. You could see it with Danny Stutzman, uh, Kanick, um, Woody Washington, some of the key veterans on that football team. Um, you could see they were thinking more of attacking. And now you're seeing the attacking taking place. And 
and just playing football. Stuff is starting to slow down for them because Brent Venable's defense is very difficult. You're just not going to get out there and just go chase the football. You got to think, you know, he wants you to think three plays ahead before of just doing that one play. So you got to take your time with this group. But if you pay attention, if you know football, there's something good. This is going to be a good test for us in this SMU game for a lot of the young guys who haven't played football for the University of Oklahoma, too. It's Martin Chase, former Sooner great and eight-year NFL veteran here on the Sooner Game Day Show, presented by Wendy Chevrolet. Martin, we've kind of used a caveat all week. Yeah, it was Arkansas State. Yeah, it was Arkansas State. But what impressed you last week about the Sooners' 73 to nothing season opening victory? Um, you know, paying, I, I, I pay attention to you and Brandon, and I think both of you guys uh, hit on how we would come out slow against, you know, UTEP, uh, Kent State, and when you saw us come out on that field, we took care of business. And I think that's what we want to see in this game. You know, you're not looking for a blowout, but you're looking for the team to come out, look clean, uh, try to keep the penalties down, play good football. Dylan, you know, he plays a solid game. Uh, the running game, and we're looking for the defensive line to just put some more pressure and, and little things, just the little things to just get better on. Yeah, now you mentioned Danny Stutzman earlier in the segment, a guy that led the Big 12 in tackles last year, a guy that is fully expected to do the same in his junior season here in 2023. But on an individual level, you look across – Uh, the rest of the Oklahoma defensive unit, who are some of the individuals that maybe don't have the press, the buzz that Stutzman does at this point in time that you think their individual performance can go a long way towards helping the Sooners erase some of the defensive narratives in 2023? Um, I'm I'm really liking the safety position, and I'm I'm liking Gentry Williams. Um, and, and, And those positions are really confident positions for those guys of building their confidence and just being sure of themselves. And I'm definitely loving the cheetah uh, with McCullough and Harrington both uh, coming in and taking, you know, for each other. I, I like those. Those are the positions that I'm really, because the defensive line, they're going to come into their own as the season grows. Now, Martin, I know nobody on the Oklahoma end of things really enjoyed last season. Six and seven is six and seven. It was a punch in the gut to a lot of Sooner fans. It was a punch in the gut to that coaching staff and everybody in the locker room. But as you reflect on it, I mean, I, I hate to put it this way, but you feel like there's a certain element to that 2022 season almost being necessary to illustrate, okay, this is how much of a shift there needs to be in the style of football that Oklahoma was playing versus the style they need to play in order to be nationally competitive. It, it, it's a process. I mean, it, it, and if you are a football fan, you can have your choice. Would you rather be LSU today and have LSU season last year or go with what we had this last year or be in the process of what we're trying to do? So football is a tough game. Uh, it's not easy. You know, the brand name um, with LSU, Notre Dame, Georgia, Texas, they all come out the gate slow, but it's a process that you have to go through in building what you want. And as you look at it, Brent is doing that right now, and we're, we're, we're taking those steps. 
Martin Chase, former Oklahoma defensive tackle in the late 90s, eight-year NFL veteran joining the Sooner Game Day show presented by Windy Chevrolet, live from Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Martin, there are very varying opinions on Dylan Gabriel as a quarterback, especially in light of what the Sooners accomplished slash didn't accomplish offensively last season. Obviously, the quarterback, when you're losing games, is going to take a ton of flack, whether that is deserved or not. What are your thoughts on the way that Dylan Gabriel performed a year ago and also the way that he performed in week one against Arkansas State? Um, I, I give Dylan a lot of credit. You know, he was at the moment at the finish line of really uh, committing to UCLA. And, you know, it was uh, thank goodness that, you know, we had an opportunity of reaching out to him and uh, him becoming a Sooner and him and Levy having a relationship. And so now I think now I think he looks more confident in himself. He knows what he's doing. I think him and Levy are on the same page. And so I'm looking for big things out of Dylan this year. All right, Martin, I got one more question for you before we let you go. And that would be as you look ahead to Oklahoma's final tour of the Big 12, the move to the SEC obviously coming July 1st, 2024. It's the Sooners' final season of Big 12 competition. And as you look at that conference slate, many have made note of the fact that it is not exactly murderer's row. There should at least be 9, 10 wins and relatively easy wins on that schedule for the Sooners. Do you think it's as simple as their biggest challenge is going to be Texas just based on the level of talent that the Longhorns boast? Or is there another team on this schedule that you think is poised to give the Sooners more of a challenge than folks might anticipate? I'm going to tell you this. If you look at the parity of football right now, it's very, very close. I, I, I feel like, you know, a lot of fans are going off of the name brand that we should just win. But if you pay attention to the transfer portal and if you look at what happened to Clemson, you gotta, you got to come out here and be prepared and play a solid game. That's why you can listen to Brent. We're not, we're not taking SMU like they're just SMU. You know, this is a SMU that's trying to come in here and start their name going into the ACC. So the transfer portal has changed everything. So we have to respect Kansas. If you watched Kansas last night, they look good. Uh, UCF looked good. Um, Cincinnati, we got to respect everybody that we play. So there's a hiccup through all this schedule. It's just, are we going to be prepared? And are those young men going to be accountable for their actions on that football field? That is former Oklahoma Sooner and longtime NFLer Martin Chase. Martin, man, always good to catch up with you. Appreciate your time. We'll do it again soon. You know it, brother. Appreciate you. Take care. All right. We're going to take a quick break here on the Sooner Game Day show presented by Wendy Chevrolet live from Yo Pablo. When we come back, Sooner's Wire managing editor John Williams joins the show to break down the matchup that is ahead for the Sooners this evening as they square off with SMU for the first time in nearly 40 years. Keep it here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. It is another installment of the Sooner Game Day show live from Campus Corner. Parker Thune with you from Yo Pablo. Let me give you an overview of what you're in for if you hang with us here on the Ref for the next several hours. Obviously, I am here at Yo Pablo from 11 to 1. Come the 1 o'clock hour, it is your Sooner Radio crew. Chris Plank is going to be here in my seat over at Balfour of Norman. The voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, as well as Buckus Award winner and OU color analyst Teddy Lehman are going to take over. Then from 2 to 4, 
It is Oklahoma radio legend Mike Steely, as well as Rush co-host Tyler McComas, and they will take you the rest of the way, all the way up until an hour before kickoff between Oklahoma and SMU today. This is the Windy Chevrolet pregame show where you get the hometown experience, Windy Chevrolet in Purcell. Visit them at windychevypurcell.com. Free delivery anywhere in Oklahoma, 405-253-2700 is the number to get a hold of the folks, the fine folks at Windy Chevrolet. I am here at Yo Pablo, 747 Asp Avenue in Norman, newly remodeled, now featuring Yo Mama's Barbecue, a fast casual menu that includes brisket and pulled pork sandwiches, jumbo chicken wings, barbecue tacos, and the famous brisket mac and cheese bowl. Oh, yeah, it's just about lunchtime. Barbecue lunch combo special, $10 daily, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., which includes the barbecue sandwich, a side, and a soft drink. Two full-service bars, game room coming soon. Yo Pablo is your game day party headquarters, open at 11 a.m. to last call Tuesday and Thursday through Saturday. Yo Pablo is the place to be on this game day. Joining us now via the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, is Heartland College Sports Managing Editor Brian Clinton. We were supposed to have John Williams. John was unable to jump on. Brian has graciously allowed us 10 minutes of his time to break down this matchup. Brian, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Thank you, Parker. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Now, Oklahoma SMU coming your way at 5 p.m. tonight from Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium here in Norman. The Sooners 1-0, the Mustangs 1-0. Needless to say, SMU is going to present a bit more of a challenge than Arkansas State did last week. So I know you've done a deep dive on SMU as we look ahead to this matchup tonight. What intrigues you? What scares you even? What doesn't really move the needle for you about this SMU football team? Well, the first thing I'd be concerned with if I was an Oklahoma fan is is Preston Stone. I mean, this is a guy that is is capable of not only making moves with his with his arm but also with his legs um you're going to see him try and get outside the pocket and create some space for himself today and i think that with the way that smu runs their offense under Rhett lashley uh, they're going to try and keep this thing rolling with a good pace as well um and the weapons that he has around him uh, if you follow oklahoma recruiting you know who jordan hudson is uh you're fully aware of who Kamar Wheaton is and L.J. Johnson. These are guys that, that Oklahoma wanted uh, whenever it was it was time to recruit, and, and they end up at SMU. They had a really good transfer portal class. I believe they were top 15 in the transfer portal class, and they were the only uh, group of five school in the top 40 in this last transfer cycle. So this is a good SMU team. They have plenty of talent. Um, the one thing that, I, that, that doesn't move the needle for me um, – as impressive as they were last week, Louisiana Tech, you could almost have the same comparison kind of with Oklahoma playing Arkansas State last week. We don't really know just how effective SMU is going to be, especially against a, a defensive front for Oklahoma that, that, that I do feel like is going to have a, a better day today, especially given how often SMU is going to try and drop back and throw the ball. So um, I, I like this matchup for Oklahoma, but it certainly is more challenging than what they saw last week. Brian, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on how you think Oklahoma manages the running back room this week. Obviously, they got a good balance in that regard against Arkansas State. Everybody ate and everybody could in a game in which the final score was 73 to nothing. Jeff Levy did say on Monday he's going to go with a committee approach for now, going to ride the hot hand. 
the guys that are producing or the guys that are going to be the odds-on favorites week in and week out to get touches until they prove that, well, they no longer have the hot hand. So as you project what those running back splits and what the percentage of carries looks like between all the contributors in that room for Oklahoma tonight, who would you say is the favorite to lead the charge? The first name that I would look at, uh, I just simply think it's going to be too hard to keep Javante Barnes off the field. Uh, that's a guy that, that, to me, if you had to pick RB1 and, and you only had one choice, it would be him. I do think that you're going to obvi- – obviously you'll see Gavin Sawchuk more than you saw him last week because he wasn't available, uh, and he is available coming into today. So uh, you'll see a healthy dose of him, but I wouldn't forget about Tawee Walker either. He had a really good game last week, averaged five and a half yards a carry, uh, and look, you know, you're more likely to be in a situation where maybe you don't see seven running backs this week. It's going to be a little closer game, uh, and and maybe you see a couple of the guys uh, towards the top of that depth chart get some more carries uh, with more on the line this week. So um, I, I would be interested to see if they go further than four, you know, four or five guys out there uh, toting the rock, but. Uh, the first guy you're going to see, in my opinion, would have to be Javante Barnes. Uh, that, that's the guy that, that I would tote as an RB1 at the moment. Brian, I know in your role as managing editor for Heartland College Sports, you got an eye on the Big 12 at large in addition to the University of Oklahoma. So, obviously, it's a rough week for the Big 12 in week one. Man, Baylor drops a home contest at Texas State. First Power 5 win ever for the Bobcats. And then, of course, Texas Tech goes up to Wyoming and gets stunned in a double overtime loss to the Cowboys up there. Is that just week one doldrums in your mind, or is this shaping up to be an even easier league, an even easier path to Arlington potentially for the Sooners than we already anticipated it might be? I do think the Big 12 is probably down a little bit this year, but you know, I can't help but wondering, with Baylor having a huge game against Utah today, Texas Tech obviously have an organ in town. I don't believe that coaching staffs are, are particularly uh, – that they're going to be more apt to, to look forward or look ahead. But sometimes it is hard to get, get kids to buy into, hey, we got to go take care of business against Wyoming first before we get to that Oregon game. So uh, it's a huge week for the Big 12 this week. I mean, you've got, you've got Texas going to, to Alabama. You saw Kansas. Uh, take care of Illinois last week, um, or on on Friday, and then obviously um, you know Texas Tech with, with Oregon and Baylor playing Utah at the moment. Uh, it, it's kind of a bounce back opportunity, but but there's not very many easy games on the schedule for the Big Twelve, and and it does look like uh, it's going to be more challenging uh, to to figure out who is in the, who is going to take charge in that middle tier of, of the Big 12 right now. So I would say Oklahoma's got a really good shot. they just got to take care of business and, and continue improving until they get to that game against Texas there in October. Brian Clinton, managing editor, Heartland College Sports. Brian, on an even broader scale, uh, this is something that we talked about throughout the week. I'd love to hear your take on it as well. Man, you look at the teams that have traditionally occupied the upper echelon of college football in recent years. Clemson gets throttled by Duke on a Monday night in week one. Georgia is Georgia, but they're now Georgia led by Carson Beck rather than Stetson Bennett. 
Ohio State's breaking in a new quarterback. Alabama's breaking in a new quarterback. With how much parity there has the potential to be in college football in 2023, is there as solidified of an upper echelon as there once was in your mind, or is it pretty much anybody's game this year? Well, you know, and you probably know this just as well as I do, uh, the quarterbacks that are in place at these places like Alabama and Georgia, uh, I, I think once they get their footing, the rosters around them will, will still be the best rosters in college football, and they will still be led by some of the best coaches in college football. So, uh, you know, I, I still think Alabama and Georgia are, are up there and still the standard. Uh, you know, Clemson is an, is an interesting case. Clemson hasn't seen the same since Brent Venables left town. And, you know, I know he was just a defensive coordinator there, uh, but they obviously were paying him as well as any coordinator in the country. And, and his what he what he's brought to Oklahoma, you can already tell it's paying dividends. And so I think Clemson might be a case where we see them kind of fall off to a, to an extent. Um, but but I think a lot of that has to do with, with Dabo's <laughs> his interest or lack thereof in the transfer portal. So uh, interesting thoughts on that, on that for sure. But, but I think there's still, you have teams like Alabama and Georgia and Ohio state that are still up there towards the top. And I think that you could throw Florida state uh, into that mix this year uh, with how they looked against LSU. So uh, I would still say three of the four uh, playoff spots, you'd probably be, Pretty pretty well off to bet on on the Buckeyes, the Tide, or or, or the Bulldogs to, to still be occupying those spots come the end of the year. Okay, Brian, three keys and a pick. What do you? What are three things you want to see the Sooners accomplish tonight? And what's your final score prediction for this football game? I want Oklahoma to establish the run uh, and do a good job of clock management. We saw them kind of get uh, over their skis a little bit last year at times. Uh, and put their defense in bad situations. So I want them to manage the clock with a run game. I want to see Dylan Gabriel build off of the efficient game he had last week. And then defensively, uh, with the opportunities that the SMU offense should give you, I, I want to see the Oklahoma defensive line really establish themselves as a strength of the defensive unit this year because that's all we've heard all, se- all, all offseason was the improvements that they've made up front. So uh, if they can do those three things, I think Oklahoma will take care of business. Uh, I'm going to go with the Sooners 51, uh, SMU 23 in this one. Brian Clinton, managing editor for Heartland College Sports. Brian, appreciate your time. We'll catch up again soon, man. Sounds good. See you later, Parker. All right, let's hit a break here on the Sooner Game Day show presented by Wendy Chevrolet, live from Yo Pablo on campus corner. When we return, OU insider staff writer Jesse Crittenden joins the show. And we'll get his take on the matchup tonight between the Sooners and the Mustangs, as well as the rest of Oklahoma's 2023 slate that is ahead. Keep it here on the Ref Sports Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans. Oh, yeah, it's Jesse Crittenden joining the Sooner Game Day show live from Windy Chevrolet. Jesse, of course, is one of the finest on the OU beat, staff writer for OUinsider.com. Jesse, welcome to the program. It's phenomenal to have you. I appreciate you having me on. I feel like you might be a little biased with the uh, with the compliments, but I'll, I'll take it either way. You know, I might be a little biased, but bias and truth are not mutually exclusive. Jesse, as we look forward to this game tonight between the Sooners and SMU, 
obviously, as we've talked about with everybody that has joined the show so far, the one thing we all know, much as we added the caveat for everything last week, that, okay, it was Arkansas State. All of us are aware that SMU is going to present more of a challenge to this Sooner football team than Arkansas State. But as you look at how these two teams match up, what about what Oklahoma did defensively last week gives you encouragement that they're going to be able to turn in a similarly dominant performance tonight against a better offense? Yeah, I think there are a couple of different things. One, I mean, yeah, it was good against Arkansas State for a bunch of different players to see the field, but I think what they showed on defense is there's a lot of playmakers on this defense, and a lot of those guys are either second-year guys who are now, you know, a full year into the system, or a lot of, you know, that's Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis and Jaron Kanick, um, or, can, you know, or we look at some new guys like Reggie Pearson and, and Peyton Bowen um, that, that I think are going to make an impact, so I think it's not only the depth that this defense has, but I think they did show against Arkansas State... It, better tackling, better a better ability in space to make plays. And that's going to be really important against an SMU team that's going to want to go fast-paced. They're going to want to use the perimeter. They're going to want to go long. So I think it's really going to be up to particularly the secondary to make plays in space, to make, you know, to win one-on-one battles. And I think this defense has more playmakers than it did last year. And I do think you saw a little bit more of an ability to make those kind of plays than you saw a year ago. Jesse, let's talk about the wide receivers. A lot of guys made a lot of plays last week. Jaden Gibson had the first two catches of his collegiate career, first touchdown. Nick Anderson had a couple big plays. Gavin Freeman, of course, both on special teams and offensively, had some tremendous moments. How do you think Jeff Levy, and to a lesser extent Emmett Jones, how do you think the Oklahoma staff balances wide receiver usage this week based on how many guys shown a week ago? Yeah, I think in some ways that that week one, I mean, that Arkansas State game was about seeing, okay, who's ready right now to see the field? Because, I mean, we all knew going into the season that Jalil Farouk and Drake Stoops were going to, you know, were going to start. They were going to see a lot of time on the field. But there wasn't a whole lot, uh, you know, that was known outside of that. And I think that's why you saw, I mean, they got Andrew Anthony involved. They got Jaden Gibson and Nick Nick Anderson and Jaquay's Petaway. Um, a lot of guys, I mean, L.D. Bunkley, Shelton caught a pass. So I think what you're going to see today is, I, I don't know if we're going to see quite that many guys involved, but I do think, I mean, what we saw is that there are a lot of guys that are ready to make plays. So I'm curious to see, do they try to get Jalil Farouk involved? He only had two targets last week, didn't catch a pass. I, I don't think this SMU defense is going to be super formidable, but I do think this is going to be the kind of game where, you know, it's less about trying to get everybody involved and more about trying to make plays. And so that's why I think today might be a little bit more of a better indication as to what this coaching staff thinks of this wide receiver room. But either way, I do think you're going to see a lot of guys, and it will be interesting to see who all who all steps up and makes plays. Jesse Crittenden, OUinsider.com staff writer, joining the Windy Game Day sh- or Windy Chevrolet Sooner Game Day show. Jesse, who aren't we talking about enough? as far as their week one performance is concerned and their potential to contribute in week two? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I honestly think, I mean, if you look at either side of the field, uh, I mean, look look defensively, I, I think, I, I don't, maybe he's not being talked, maybe maybe he's been talked enough about, but I think I think two guys at linebacker and Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis, um, I, I think they really showed, they both played around 15 snaps. 
Uh, Kobe McKenzie was second on the team in tackles. Uh, and Kip Lewis, I think both of those guys, you know, I think it's easy to get lost in, you know, how many players that OU played on both sides of the ball. Um, but I think Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis showed real, showed real potential, showed real growth, and I think have, have earned the right to play more. And I think those are a couple of guys that maybe got overlooked during the offseason. Um, but, you know, we, I mean, Ted Roof and, and Brent Venables talked about both those guys. I think they're excited about both those guys. They want depth at linebacker. I mean, Ted Roof said that, you know, eight or nine guys, you know, playing eight or nine guys at linebacker is not too many. They want bodies there. I think those two guys are going to make an impact. And then look offensively. Uh, you know, I don't think we've talked enough about the offensive line. And now part of that is because the running back room uh, wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't an amazing performance by the running backs and run blocking last week. But I, I think as a whole, that offensive line was really good. And I'm going to be curious to see how the rotation, you know, h- how it plays out there. But I think someone like Caden Green, a true freshman, came in and really made some good plays last week as a reserve. I think you're going to see him on the field a lot this season, including today. And I'm going to be curious to see how that, how that rotation shakes out and if someone like Caden Green can continue to earn reps on the field. All right, Jesse, we got 60 seconds here before the top of the hour break. So you're on the clock to answer this one, but I'll leave it, I'll leave it very simple for you. Who wins this game tonight and why? Uh, I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma will and should win this game. Now, you've heard this coaching staff. I, I, I mean, this coaching staff has respect for SMU. It was, it was, it was very obvious uh, throughout the week. I think these players – um, you know, they have respect for SMU too. SMU is going to present at least a little bit of a challenge. This explosive offense is going to make plays. They'll they'll make a few big plays, even if this OU defense is is better, like we think it is. SMU is going to make plays. However, I think this is going to be the game where we really see how much the defense has improved, especially in the secondary. I think they're going to do a pretty good job, uh, especially after the first quarter. I think you're going to see this defense settle in. And, and make plays and stuff Preston Stone and that offense. And I think o, the OU offense is going to be explosive. I don't think they're going to have any problems against this SMU defense. So with all that said, this should be a game Oklahoma wins, and I think this is a game they should win pretty comfortably, 48-31. Jesse Grittenden, OUinsider.com. Jesse, thank you. This is the Sooner Game Day Show, live from Campus Corner, presented by Wendy Chevrolet. Keep it here on the Ref Sports Radio Network.